Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. One day closer to the NFL draft. I'll tell you what, I'm so excited about the draft. I've been excited about the draft for, well, I don't know, ever since the regular season and the playoffs and the Super Bowl got wrapped up. But knowing that we are right here on the the cusp of the NFL draft 2022, Las Vegas is so exciting. Knowing all the people that are coming to town, been doing a lot of work uh, for other networks uh, throughout the course of the week. Uh, ESPN with Bart Scott. Bart Scott from ESPN is going to be part of the NFL draft coverage. And, man, you could just feel the energy. You could feel the anticipation of uh, what's going to be happening in just a matter of a couple days here in Las Vegas downtown uh, for the NFL draft. So very excited about that. Of course, we're here to bring it all to you, bring all the sights and the sounds. And we've got so much wall-to-wall coverage beginning on Thursday. Cannot wait as JT the Brick, Jason Fitz, and Eric Allen are going to lead you all the way up to the draft from 3 to 5 p.m. They're going to be on location holding it down, doing a little pre-draft show. That's going to be a lot of fun. Myself and Damon will be downtown. We'll be covering it from another angle clay baker will be covering it from another angle i mean we are gonna have i mean you want to talk about you want to have like goons in the street and you know what i mean like guys on on location boots on the ground that's exactly what we're gonna do so we're all gonna be all over it matter of fact a lot of it gets started tomorrow i'm gonna be out super early uh out caesars talking to a bunch of nfl network guys also talk to a bunch of prospects and so we'll have that for you for the show tomorrow and I'm telling you, and then once Thursday hits, it's just full throttle. Friday, we'll have wall-to-wall coverage as well. Saturday, we'll have wall-to-wall coverage. And then by Sunday, we may be able to look up and say, whew, all right, exhale a little bit. It is finally, it is finally done. It is finally over, the NFL draft. And now we can talk about who the Raiders pick up and who the rest of the league picked up, what teams we think got better, what teams we think stayed the same, and you know who's going to be a, a, a critical player or a player that's a big impact player if Teams pick up big impact players. I mean, it's all it's all up in the air at this point, my man. Oh, no. You said like Sunday maybe to be able to breathe, maybe for a couple of hours, but I know you, and Sunday is already going to be what's the angle for Monday's show. Oh, yeah. Oh, no doubt. No yeah, doubt. So you're not, maybe you'll have like that. Maybe you'll be eating dinner, right. and you'll be like, ah, oh, man, we got a lot accomplished. It's so funny that you say that because I just told the wife this morning before I left, and I've been leaving really early in the house from the house uh, every morning. I just told her this morning, like, man, once Saturday night hits and and I can actually take a couple seconds to relax and chill, it's going to be great. And she's like, "What are you talking about? Relax and chill Saturday night? You're not going to relax and chill. You're gonna you're gonna do the draft work that you have to do. The draft's going to be over with. You're going to jump on ESPN and talk about it for a few hours. You're going to get off the air at ten o'clock. You're probably going to invite Vegas Jess and and." Michelle over and and uh, and my man Twilight and Demi over. <laughs> Shout out to Jason. Uh, like I did last weekend and tell him, oh, come over, man. We got games. Let's come over and play some games. And you're going to do that. You got buddies coming to town on Friday, so you're probably going to want to hang out with them. Then Saturday or Sunday, you're going to try to start working for Monday. So she's like, what are you talking about? You're going to be able to relax. You don't relax. There is no relax. So I guess you're on the same page with the wife. Yeah, the whole schedule for you is already mapped out. Man, for real. It really is. It's a shame, but it's a, it's a lot of fun. And really, I mean, if you put it like this if 
if this is what we're talking about and this is what life is and this is how busy we are, uh, I'm okay with that. I'm absolutely okay with that. Uh, my mom hit me up earlier this week and said, oh, it's going to be a busy week for you. And I'm like, I'll have it no other way. No other way. I mean, it's, it's way better to be in this situation and be busy than it is to be in this situation and not be busy. When you're not in busy, when you're at home and ain't nobody calling you, ain't nobody trying to do this, that, and the other, you're in trouble. I actually got a, a radio uh, station request for a Friday morning interview because they want to recap the first day of the draft. 8 a.m. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I realized it was my old radio station in Central Texas. So 8 a.m. there is 6 a.m. here. <laughs> But I mean, hey, you up at four thirty every morning. I anyways. am, I am. But I was like, so basically, what you're telling me is that you want me to be on your radio show at six a.m. And they said, I mean, if if you got time, <laughs> I said, of course. I guess I ain't got nothing but time and opportunity. But that's how big of a buzz there is right now. I actually had a dude hit me up from a radio station. No joke, hit me up yesterday. And was like, Q, I need you on my show on a Wednesday at, at one p.m. Eastern time. And I was like, who the hell is this? I didn't even know who it was. I didn't know who it was, but that's anyone who knows that you're here in Vegas. It's like, hey, we got to get your angle. We got to get your angle. What's going on? What's, you know, just like we do when we reach out to people and bring them on the show. That's what everyone's doing. And the buzz is just incredible. It's just incredible. I can't wait. Oh, man. Like, so you say that, like, has your profile risen in just this week alone of the request of you're the guy in Vegas? I, oh, I've gotten a ton. I've gotten a ton of requests. Absolutely. I've gotten a ton. And it's so funny. Uh, you know, I've been doing these uh, ESPN uh, radio shows uh, with, with Bart Scott uh, the last couple days. And we've been so NBA heavy because it's, you know, that their show basically normally is based out of New York. So with the Brooklyn Nets getting swept, we've had so much conversation about the Nets and so much conversation about what's going on in Philly with the 76ers that our conversation isn't full throttle everything NFL draft. And it's kind of refreshing for a quick minute. And then you realize you bring it all back and say, oh, wait, hold on. It's Vegas and the draft is coming up. And, you know, so then during the during the breaks or even other times, like Bart's like, hey, man, so what about this on this day? And, man, I'm only six minutes away, but it takes me 25 minutes to get here already. And that's already just on today, not on Thursday. I'll tell you right now, buckle up. If you're driving around town, even if you're Ubering around town, buckle up because traffic is going to be slow and slower. That is the worst sentence I've ever heard. I'm only six minutes away, but it took took me 25 minutes to get there. <laughs> right. That's a nightmare in my mind. Exactly. And that's what it is. So, I mean, look, when we leave here on Thursday, and we will, as soon as we get off the air at 3 o'clock, we'll leave and we'll head down uh, to the draft. We'll head down to, to you know, the, the strip and everything where the draft is going to be located. Uh, we'll talk to some folks. We'll get some good audio for the show. I mean, this is what we do. Our minds are always thinking about the show. So we'll always, you know, go down there and, and make sure that we have that covered. We'll go check in on the Raiders uh, party and where JT and everyone ones that doing the broadcast i mean the problem is how are you going to get there it's not like oh i'll be right there <laughs> that's not going to exist i'll be right there doesn't exist and then you got to park and all that other stuff i'm going to be watching the clock on everything i do mm-hmm. i'm just oh that's over at eight well if i can get there at six maybe uh right. be there be there for 45 minutes at the least leave at leave by seven and then maybe I can get to where I need to be for the next thing. Right, exactly. Well, I'll tell you right now, there could be some logistic issues as far as trying to get somewhere and trying to get there kind of quickly, but it doesn't even really matter. Doesn't even really matter. Uh, I'm just excited about the fact that we have the draft here and that, uh, you know, we got some great coverage uh, for the next couple of days heading into the weekend. So coming up on today's show at 2.30, 
We got my guy Rob Demosky from ESPN's NFL Nation. He covers the Green Bay Packers like a glove. And, of course, the, the big report came out yesterday about the Packers heavily in pursuit of Darren Waller. And it got a lot of Raider Nation kind of in a tizzy, wondering if a Waller was going to be a draft day trade, if something was going to go down, uh, what the Raiders could possibly be wanting in, in return for Darren Waller. And then earlier today, I know Jeremy Fowler from ESPN kind of shot those, uh, those thoughts down, saying that he's received uh, – there's no way that he's being – Darren Waller's being shopped. Uh, Derek Carr kind of did that last night as well on Twitter when uh, he saw the report and he just put LOL, no way. Uh, if you don't think that the the captain, if you don't think the quarterback knows what's going on in those walls, you're crazy, right? And, and myself and DeMond yesterday on the show when it came out were kind of like, eh, probably not. Like, I mean, you can't say no. You can't just say it's not going to happen because you just don't know until it hasn't happened. I mean, literally – even though the reports are out from Jeremy Fowler that there's just no way that it's going to happen until Friday goes by, you really can't say 100% that you know there's no way unless the Raiders come out and sign him to like a contract extension. Yes, and also when people always hear these things where, where the reports are, talks have been made. Right. A talk could just be, hey, uh, what about Darren Waller? Is he available? No. Click. <laughs> hey, but we were talking to him. Right, right, exactly. And so, again, you have to take it with a grain of salt. And, and I, I think that we're all pretty confident that Darren Waller is going to be uh, with the Silver and Black next year. And, and I know that uh, he would be a big-time weapon in this uh, offense led by Josh McDaniels, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. I mean, you just you could see the matchup nightmare for opposing teams. So I just that, – that's been my reason of believing that there's just, you know, no way – as close as I could say to no way that uh, he would be moved. But anyway, we're going to talk to Rob Demosky coming up at 2.30 and talk about, you know, not are they in, in hot pursuit, but how 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 hot was the pursuit, uh, at least around the time that Devontae Adams was was traded and You know, was that uh, the guy that they were talking about when they were asking for a player or multiple players? You know, just kind of, uh, you know, go around and, and see what Rob has to say. And, and the one thing that I'll say about it, when I reached out to Rob yesterday, he's a real good dude. When I reached out to him yesterday to get him on the show, he, he told me straight up in the text. He was like, yeah, I'll come on and talk about it. No problem. And, and then he doubled down and he goes, I will say this. I don't think there's much legs to it. I really don't. And he's all, I'm not even going to report it. So that kind of tells you all you need to know, right? When a reporter who <laughs> breaks bread and makes his money by reporting on things says, I'm not even going to report on it, kind of lets you know where it stands. So that last night made me feel good when I got that text message from, from Rob saying, I'm not even going to really report on it. But definitely have no problem speaking on it and speaking on, you know, how everything got started, where the conversations all started from. And, you know, so I, I think that that's good to, to hear. And I honestly want to ask him as well, because now Green Bay has multiple picks. You know, they have multiple first round picks. They have multiple second round picks. Are they going to be aggressive during the draft? Are we going to see them make some moves and maybe try to go up and, and target a certain, certain person, you know, that you say, okay, we don't have Devontae Adams, not going to get Darren Waller, but this is going to be a really good player as well. This is a great weapon for Aaron Rodgers, something that they tr traditionally haven't done in the first round. Because we all see that stat where it's, they haven't drafted an offensive weapon in the first round since however long that right. Aaron Rodgers has been there. It's been, been a long there. time. Well, this is the year. Right. Make Do right by Aaron Rodgers. Well, I Get mean, that star it, didn't start, it didn't start out very well. <laughs> I mean, they did right by him by giving him a huge amount of money. But as far as their weapons, I mean, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, Ooh. no thanks. That, that, didn't, that, that didn't do that anything. That doesn't scare the NFC. That doesn't scare anybody. <laughs> That doesn't scare any. Even the Bears that have a bad defense, uh, offense are like, oh, we can run with those guys. That's no and problem. And they lost MVS. Right. 
I mean, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. They got they got to do something for the guy, right? So you can't give him fifty million dollars and then say, hey, <laughs> right? So we'll see what they what, what they plan on doing. We'll talk to Rod Demosky, a great reporter for ESPN's NFL Nation, covering the Packers. We'll do that at two thirty at three o'clock on Tuesdays. We always talk to John McClain, the general, uh, formerly of the Houston Chronicle, now retired, but uh, and, and got I don't know if you saw, I got another accolade today. Did you see that? Uh, what the oh te- no, I didn't. What the Texans did for him now? They put up uh, a media wall of fame inside uh, NRG Stadium, and he's the first person on the wall of fame that people that cover the uh, the, the Texans. And so uh, he was there, had his picture taken. He's got his little his name and everything on the wall with his picture there. Uh, that's really cool. That is a really cool thing uh, for a guy that's been covering the league as long as he has, and th- he's been covering the Texans, and, and even before they were the Texans. I mean, he was covering the Oilers when they were there. Uh, to be covering that, that, that organization as long as he has, to have his name on the wall of fame there inside the stadium, I thought that was pretty stinking cool. So we'll ask him about that as well, plus anything else that's going on around the NFL, and there's a lot of storylines. How will veterans how will they affect this draft coming up? Will you see a Debo Samuel on the move? Will you see a Baker Mayfield on the move? Will you see a James Bradbury on the move? Or so on and so forth. You know, there's a lot of veterans that could be on the move. How does he think that those guys are going to impact the draft? And, and then I also want to ask him about the Christmas games that we talked about on, on yesterday's show. Uh, the NFL trying to steal the Christmas Day special from the NBA. And then also talking about Black Friday games. $70 million to $100 million dollars. For a game on Black Friday. And then you know what they need to do next? They don't need to do anything. They already done the most. No, because Cyber Monday is that following Monday. Oh, man. Amazon just take over the whole thing. Amazon just needs to ask for that whole You know what, though? Amazon's making some moves. You heard that they're bringing in Kay Adams, right? From uh, NFL Network. I didn't hear this. Wow. Man, her contract is up, and I believe in May, early May. And so right after the draft, and I'm not trying to break news here, but uh, right after the draft, it's reported uh, from guys that are very, very locked in when it comes to these type of things that she's going to announce on NFL Network that she's uh, leaving and she's going to be going to Amazon. So Amazon's really trying to be players, man. They're, they spent some bread on some on some uh, some play-by-play folks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they they really are dipping their toes into the NFL and they're getting uh, as much really good talent out there as possible. Might want to throw your name in the hat, brother. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, while they're handing out money. I'll do it for a fraction. What do you need? Right. I mean, hey, you know. I'm not they, like I'm not reported. Nate Burleson, but uh, I mean, <laughs> Remember it was reported they were trying to offer McVay about twenty million. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're trying to dip their oh, toes. Man. Hey, look, man. You know what, Bezos? I'm your guy. Whatever you need, <laughs> Demond will do it for a fraction, a very, very small fraction, and have no problem with that. At all. So uh, John McClain will join us at 3 o'clock. And then at 3.30, Mark Fine, the CEO of the Las Vegas Desert Dogs. Wait, hold on. Who's the Las Vegas Desert Dogs? Vegas has another pro team. Another pro team. There's all these sports coming here to Las Vegas. We've been talking about it. I really wanted to make sure I got here uh, well in advance of the of the major just surge that comes to Las Vegas. And I feel like I got in right before everything got crazy. Because now... Las Vegas has a lacrosse team. The Las Vegas Desert Dogs team uh, name just announced today. So we're going to get the CEO of the Las Vegas Desert Dogs on the show at 3.30 just to talk about it, what they bring to the table, when they're going to be you know, playing their games, what, you know, how we can check out some of the action. And I'm not a big lacrosse guy. I'm not going to try to front and act like I am, but I've observed the sport. I can appreciate the sport. I've seen some people that are really good at the sport. I am not one of them, but... I'll check it out, and I'll see what it's all about, 
And boom, there you go. We'll uh, we'll talk to Mark Fine, the CEO of the Las Vegas Desert Dogs. I believe we're actually be giving out some uh, prize packs for. We'll give out some uh, some tickets as well to some of their games. So if anyone out there is a lacrosse fan, uh, you might want to check out your newest team that's coming to the desert, the Las Vegas Desert Dogs. I like their name. Oh yeah, I also, like their name a lot. I wish this was a visual medium as well because the logo. Oh, it's I dope. really like the logo. I didn't get to see the logo yet. I didn't get to see the logo. I I think I I got the information on it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the logo is pretty dope. It kind of looks like, it kind of looks like a coyote. Yes, but look at the center of the forehead with the L, with the LV right there. Oh yeah, yeah. See, I, I only saw the L. I didn't see the V, and so I was thinking, oh, you don't want an L there. It means you lost. That's what you're gonna get after we play <laughs> basketball. You're gonna get that L in your forehead. <laughs> But no, that does look pretty cool. That does look pretty cool. So that's the guest lineup that we have for the show today. Rob Demosky, John McClain, and Mark Fine, uh, CEO of the Las Vegas Desert Dogs, all coming up on the show. Now that we've got that out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. All right, so it's pretty simple today. We're only a couple days away from the beginning of the NFL draft. Of course, that gets started Thursday. Uh, Very excited about that. 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can hear it right here on Raider Nation Radio 920 in its entirety. You can hear the whole draft right here on the radio station. But with the draft only being a couple short days away from getting started, what is on your Raiders draft wish list? Today, when I was on ESPN, we actually talked to Sauce Gardner. We talked to Sauce Gardner. Do you know how excited I was to talk to Sauce? And actually, he was, he was uh, did you know Call of Duty had a new game out and it was, it was just named today? He announced the name on the show live. Oh, man, what's the name of the new game? Uh, Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> so it wasn't very creative. <laughs> I thought he was going to come with something, some heat. And then he said, I said, all right, well, what's the name? He said, Modern Warfare 2. And I was like, oh. it can be Modern Warfare 2. That's what he said. That's what he said. I'm just telling you. That's what he said. That's what he said. I don't know. I'm not a gamer. I'm not that guy. I had people hit me up and say, oh, what you know about the duty? And I was like, I didn't even know they called it duty. But that's what, that's what, uh, that's what, he, was to- that's what he told us. So you go ahead and you can fact check it. But that's what, he, uh, that's what he told us today, that it's called Modern Warfare 2. So I just want to know. What is on your Raiders draft wish list? A guy like Sauce Gardner is not realistically on your wish list because, well, he's going to be gone in the first two, three, four, five picks, maybe most. So that's not uh, realistic. That's not on my wish list. But what is on your wish list? What would you like to see for sure? Or maybe who would you like to see for sure the Raiders come away with in this draft? And it's so hard to gauge this because they don't pick to the third round. So you kind of have an idea from everything we've done, and we've done a ton of research around here. We've talked to a lot of different guys that, talk, that, that have told you from a bunch of different angles who may be available, who's not available. But from what you've heard and kind of what you've done on your own, what or who would you like to see the Raiders come away with? What or who is on that Raiders draft wish list? Now, I know that there's still more work to be done as far as free agency goes. Um, my wish list for free agency is just a veteran right tackle. Straight up. Straight up. If they if they come away in free agency, not a rookie, but a veteran right tackle, I'm good. I'm good. I'll feel pretty solid about the team that they have going into training camp. I'll feel really good about the team that they you know are putting out there for the preseason. I'll feel really good about the team heading into the regular season. But they've got to go out there and get a veteran right tackle, in my opinion. That's the top of the wish list as far as as far as veterans go. But as far as the draft goes, what's on the top of my draft wish list? 
I'm going to say, and this is hard because I want to, I want to go with the defensive tackle. I just don't think the defensive tackle class is very deep, and I don't think that there's going to be a, a difference maker available. I wish, I hope there's a difference maker. I'm really, I'm really torn between two guys, and we've talked about both of these guys on the show quite a bit. Uh, no matter who we've talked to, uh, I'm really torn between Fedarian Mathis from Alabama, the defensive tackle, and Tariq Woolen, the cornerback out of UTSA. I think both of those guys are going to be really good players. I think that Fedarian you get more bang for your buck immediately. Now, long-term, I, he might, you know, as we were told yesterday by uh, Ryan Roberts, who we had on the show, uh, he said that he feels like he'll be a Jonathan Hankins. And guess what? Jonathan Hankins is good. That's a good player. That's a very underrated player. So if Federia Mathis could be a younger Jonathan Hankins and provide some bang for your buck there, I think that's a good thing. If you remember, he was second on the team in, at Alabama last season in sacks behind Will Anderson. Will Anderson probably could have been the Heisman. He probably should have won the Heisman. But he's a defensive player. But the amount of sacks he had, what do you have, 19? I mean, he was a killer. I don't know the exact number, but he, he, was, he was an absolute monster. And he, oh, by the way, he went back. If he had came out this year, dude probably would have gone number one overall. He's back in school for one more year. Then when he comes out, that's who you could pencil in at number one. Right now, that's how I feel. You could pencil him in at number one for next year. It doesn't really matter this year at all. How many did he have? 17 and a half. I was close. But he finished fifth in the Heisman voting in. That's because that's still spectacular. That's because he's a defensive player. That's the only reason why. That's the only reason why. I mean, look at the guys who, who, who finished before him. We know who won. I mean, just look at Aiden Hutchinson was in second place. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. You got me on that one. But still, because he's, I mean, defensive players, they're not going to win it. The last defensive guy that won it was Charles Woodson. And you remember what he did. He, he, he was not only just a defender, but he also was big-time special teams. He'd go both ways. I mean, he, he was, he was an all-around just hell of a football player. That's why he won it. I thought Sue had a chance when he was up for it. Like, I thought he did, too, but he wasn't. He didn't. He didn't have an opportunity. It's just, it's just the, I mean, the defensive players just don't get the love that the offense guys, offensive guys get or big-time specialists get. So, um, yeah, so I think that Fedaria Mathis is, 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 could be a, a guy that can give you some immediate impact right now. But Tariq Woolen is a guy that I think could, could grow into that spot. You know what I mean? And not necessarily the same way that Trayvon Mullen did. Trayvon Mullen played about, what, halfway through his rookie year, he got the start. And that's when the Raiders decided Garyon Conley was expendable and they were able to trade him to the team that they were playing the next week. That's how much respect they had for Garyon Conley. Not only do we not like you, not only do we not care about what you could do, we're going to trade you to the team we play next and hope that you're out there on the field. And they sure did go after him early and often in that game against the Houston Texans, but it uh, didn't work out there in their favor. He actually actually made a couple of plays. Uh, I don't know if he was more pumped up because it was the Raiders or what, but I think that that was probably the game he made the only plays in was that game. He, he really did nothing with his NFL career, and now is no longer even in the league. But that's a whole other side story. But I think Tariq Woolen could be a guy that grows into a role and plays a good role for the Raiders down the road if they do decide to grab him there. And I just that, those are third-round picks for me. After that, I mean, I think you just go and you try to get the best the best possible player that you have on your board and, and, and hope for the best. Because, I mean, fourth round, fifth round, seventh round picks, I mean, you just you never know what you're going to get. So if I'm going to try to gauge who or, or what I want to see the Raiders come out of the draft with, I just, I mean, I got to start at the third round just because it's, it's, I feel like I have at least a decent shot <laughs> at getting close to the, the player that they could be selecting. But uh, Raider Nation would love to hear from you. What is on or who is on your Raiders wish list 
for this upcoming draft to get started in just a couple days. And you know what? Another element of this, you could say, what's on the top of my wish list for the Raiders in the draft? It's for them to trade back and collect a couple extra picks or trade up and get a difference maker. You know what I mean? Like, that could be part of it. Just because I'm thinking a player or a position doesn't mean that that's what's on the top of your wish list. Your wish list could have a trade and collect more more picks because we've heard people say, hey, man, uh, th- there's, there's going to be plenty of talent in this draft. You might want to have a few extra picks. So we'd love to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Who we got up first, Damon? Juan the Smasher. Juan Smasher right here in town. What's up? What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What's up, Q? What's going on? Chilling, man. Chilling. Man, it's going to be crazy when that draft, man. Uh, I work at the Wig Casino and Banquets, and uh, all these uh, road closures, it's going to suck. That's <laughs> for sure. Right? Man. Yeah, it's going to be busy, but uh, I'm, I'm just going to take a bike, man. I'm just going to park over there by uh, by the Rio and just take my bike. You feel me? I hear you. <laughs> but other than that, hey, DeMond, your show, hey, uh, thumbs up to you, man. Hey, I'm, I'm a big wrestler guy, you know what I'm saying? Stone Cold Steve Austin. And, and like, like back in high school, I used to sun food at, at recess. <laughs> <laughs> He's in high school uh, and, that, and recess. <laughs> yeah, man, because there was a lot of chunks in recess. They were like, hey, man, where's my lunch money? I'm like, here you go, Stone Cold Center. There's your lunch money. Damn. All right. Hey, <laughs> great call, man. Great call. My man said recess and high school at the same time. That's hilarious. I love it. I never, had, it? I never had no recess in high school. Never, never. But hey, man, if you can find a look, I also went to a high school at one point that didn't have no homework and got out at noon. So I mean, hey, anything, anything's possible, right? Who we got up next, man? Raider Mac. Raider Mac, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? Hey, man, I've been listening to you all day. I, I follow you. Hey, man, you, you the hardest working man. And when you get once you get bigger, man, and keep going. Hey, make sure you take my man with you. Don't 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 leave him behind, because you gonna you gonna blow you blowing up, dude. I just want to tell you that. Appreciate it. Props for that. Hey, here's the biggest thing I have, and I'm I I don't know if JT started this, but my my wish list is stay pat and leave Dan Waller alone. I mean, it's just it it spread like wildfire. What? Once you got once um JT started that it spread like wildfire. Why would we trade trade? We don't need just stay pat and and, and, and take take a, uh, a left tackle and and work. That's what you call coaching. You don't need to get a star in every position. We got Darren Wallace. To we don't need nobody else. Just just stay put. Get your alignment and you got to and, and get a couple because they're um June first. You're gonna have some guys getting released. Right. You can you can work with that. But my thing is, Q, you gotta tell Raider Nation to cut it out talking about trades in there. You don't need to trade anybody right now on the you just got Devontae Adams. What mm-hmm. why do we need a, a, I, I don't even care if we didn't get a draft pick this year because <laughs> we mess up every time anyway. So go look at our first round picks in the last five and I know there's a new routine. Right. But been the same thing over and over. Oh, I know. Man, I just want to <laughs> tell you, man, you, you're doing a hell of a job. You guys doing a hell of a job. I'm following you. I'm listening to you in the morning with with uh, with crazy linebacker dude. <laughs> Bart, start, Bart, yeah. man, you, you're doing a great job, man. I'm just so proud of you, man. I'm proud of you guys. 
Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call so much. And it's been a lot of fun, man. And this is what this is all about. It's about a lot of fun. It's a lot of growth and a lot of opportunity. And uh, I, I agree with you with the you don't have to trade. Uh, I don't think that trading Darren Waller would make any sense. You know, you've got a absolute monster as far as offense goes right now. Uh, and, and I don't know why you'd want to take away from yourself. Now, I get it as he starts to get older and uh, the money starts to pop up. I get all that situation. But... I mean, look, you got Buddy under under contract for two seasons right now. He's got two more seasons under his contract. I'm not saying he's going to play for that, but he's under contract for two more seasons. Why not at least roll the dice and, and go and play and, and see what the, the Raiders could do this year and then maybe get back to the drawing board after this season and say, okay, this is what worked and this is what didn't. This is the direction we need to go. But you'll never know until you give it a shot. And I think they're giving it a shot with Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, and everyone else involved there makes a whole lot of sense, just like you said. So thank you for the call. 228 is the time when we come back. We'll talk to Rob Demosky. We'll ask him, how serious was the conversation around Darren Waller when it came to the Green Bay Packers? This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> hey, Raider, hey Raider Nation, this is Marcus Allen. You listen to Radio Station 920. Say Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Nation Radio Station 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Just got a couple of days before the beginning of the NFL Draft Thursday right here in Las Vegas, 5 p.m. Everything gets started. Very excited about how everything is going to shape shape out. And, of course, downtown is being constructed right now. And it's almost done uh, looking like a, a NFL Draft mecca. To talk about what the Green Bay Packers have going on, we have now on the phone lines our good friend from ESPN's NFL Nation. That's Rob Demosky. You can find him on Twitter at Rob Demosky. And, Rob, I uh, appreciate you coming on this afternoon. I know when I texted you yesterday afternoon to see if you would be available, I uh, wanted to ask you about this whole Darren Waller situation and and how much real heat there was behind the Packers' pursuit of him. And uh, what stood out to me the most was, yeah, I'll come on and talk about him, but I don't think there's much to it. I'm not even going to report it. So <laughs> what made you so confident and felt pretty good that there was really nothing to this? Well, I mean, I report, I you know, I did some digging, did some reporting, and you know, it sounds like there's part of it that was right in that the Packers were asking for Darren Waller in the uh, trade talks with the, for the Devontae Adams deal. Um, but I was told that that was the end of it, um, that, that it has not come up since. Um, does it mean that it, that it won't sort of get rekindled here uh, before the draft? I mean, it's, it, sure, it is very possible. But at this point, I was told by, you know, people close to both the Packers and, and the player himself that, you know, this this had died on the vine, uh, you know, shortly after the, the, the trade uh, situation with Adams. So, um, you know, I, again, I'm not, you know, I know the guy who reported it, he's good. He's, he probably has some information, um, but it's not the information that I had. Right. No, no doubt about it. And I've seen some uh, more reports, you know, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN had said that uh, there's no way that Waller's being traded. At least that's what he's hearing. But of course, like you said, anything can happen uh, leading up to the draft and and during the draft, because, well, that's just how crazy it is at some point. If if the Packers were to try to uh, come up with a trade for Waller, what do you think that they would give up? Would they give up that second round pick that the Raiders sent them in, in, in return? Um, they probably would. I just, I don't know that that's enough though. I mean, the Raiders okay. might want their first round pick back or, or at least maybe they'd want the Packers first round pick. Right. I, you know, this is a guy who, uh, you know, as you guys know, 
you know, had had two uh, in 2019 and 2020 was was absolutely dominant. Now I know last year he missed some games and had some some issues, but I mean he was as good as it came. Uh, you know, for those two seasons, and you know, I, I, if I were the Raiders, I, you know, I'm not sure I'd give I'd give him up for a second round pick. Okay. All right. I, I've been. It's so funny because a lot of people have told me that oh they're going to get a first round pick in return if if Waller were available. I just didn't see it. I, I felt like they would you know probably have to settle for a second. I just only because of the down year, the age, and of course he has to uh, get a contract extension. That's going to be a major sticking point there. But uh, you know maybe 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 Green Bay would say a, a first would be okay. And I know Raider Nation would not be happy about that obviously because of what they have. So uh, as far as as far as the if they were to trade for him and give him a contract extension, could you see them being willing to do that as well? Well, I mean, if they were willing to, you know, if they wanted him and asked for him in the Adams uh, trade, then uh, yeah, I would assume that they, that, you know, not, not a lot has changed there. I think he's making $7 million this year. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly underpaid for the market value. And, uh, but this is a team that's, you know, there's not a lot of salary cap space sitting around here at, in, in the Packers uh, situation. So, you know, uh, I, I guess it's uh, there's a lot of obstacles, I guess, Q, is, is the way I look at it. Yeah, it feels like it. It feels like there's a ton of obstacles that are in the way right now. We're talking with Rob Demosky from ESPN's NFL Nation here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. So with all the assets that the Packers do have, they have multiple firsts, multiple seconds, do you expect them to be kind of aggressive and maybe if they can't go get a veteran, go and, and target a guy that could be a big-time playmaker for Aaron Rodgers? Well, I think it just sort of depends on how the, I don't know, first 10 or 12 picks go, but uh, their GM, Brian Gutekunst, has, has made several trades in the first round since he's taken over in 2018. In fact, I think he's made, uh, he's, he's made first-round trades in every draft except for, I think, last year. Uh, in, in 2018, he moved twice. He moved back uh, out of 14 and then went back up. Uh, to get Jair Alexander at 18 in 2019, he moved into the second or the first round for a second player and got Darnell Savage. And then, of course, the the, the infamous one is trading up to take Jordan Love mm-hmm. uh, in 2020. So he he has been a guy who has not been afraid to move up in the draft. And look, they have 11 picks. Uh, you mentioned the the early picks. It's it's four picks in the top 59. Uh, so there's definitely they have ammunition. I mean. You know, if they simply wanted to trade 22 and 28, they could probably get themselves up to somewhere around the 7th, 8th, or ninth pick. And, and, and I don't know if they'll necessarily do that or need to do that, right. um, but, it is, but they have the power to. Is, is there any player or players that you're hearing that the team is, is hot after in this draft, or is it one of those just wait and see how the board drops? I mean, if, you're, if anyone claims they're hearing somebody's uh, <laughs> hot after anybody, they're lying. Right. You know, um, you know I, I, I honestly, uh, you know, I used to try to talk to tons of scouts and, 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 and assistants, and I, the more people I talk to, the less idea that I have what they're going to do. I mean, um, you know, <laughs> the bottom line is they're going to pick who they pick, so uh, I, I don't spend a lot of time, like, you know, trying to figure it out ahead of time because – so what? You can say I predicted that they were going to take, you know, Jordan Love. Big deal. Congrats to you. you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> no doubt about it. Talking right now with Rob Demosky here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man demond has got one for you. I know you said that you're not going to try to predict who they picked, but with that history of they haven't selected an offensive weapon yeah. for Aaron <laughs> Rodgers in the first round since however long, isn't it incumbent upon the team with one of these first-round picks to at least draft one of these receivers that are so yeah. highly touted if they're there? Right. 
Well, I didn't say I wasn't going to try to predict. I wasn't <laughs> going to get because I do have to predict. We have a television show tonight in which I do do that, but I'm not saying that I'm going to get it right or spend a lot of time worrying about it. Uh, you know, like I, I had them taking a receiver last year in the draft, Rashad Bateman, and obviously that didn't happen. Part of me is like, you know, it's like the gambling mentality. Like, well, they haven't done it in so long, it's bound to happen. Or they haven't done it in so long, they're not going to do it again. So, um, yeah, it's, it's – I don't, I don't know which way to look at it, but, um, you know, I do think that, you know, that, that you would think that they would need to take a receiver with one of these picks. With uh, the Khalil Mack trade, when the Raiders traded him to Chicago, there was and still is sometimes uh, with Raider Nation. There's there's still like anxiety or anger over that. Uh, what's the temperature right now on the Green Bay fans still thinking about that Devontae Adams trade, or are they starting to let that kind of slide? I, you know, I'm not sure they'll ever let it go just because of how good a player mm-hmm. he was here. But uh, you know, like I don't think Devontae made any secret about the fact that you know he didn't want to play here anymore and he wanted to play. Uh, with his college quarterback, and he wanted to play on the West Coast. He wanted to play for a team that um, you know was was the, the, the team for him growing up. So uh, I just don't know if there's a lot that you know they could have done about it. Probably nothing. So um, you know, I, I do think that um, you know if they do draft a receiver on Thursday night with one of those picks, or uh, somehow manage to end up with a a top pass catcher, um, you know, I think maybe the the fan base is a little bit, you know, soothed over a little bit. But uh, I can tell you this uh, from covering this team for 25 years, the Packers don't do anything to appease fans. They, <laughs> they do things, uh, you know, to, to what they think is in the best interest of their team. So let's let's do the hypothetical that they don't take a receiver in the first round. Going into next season with Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb, is that enough as a premier no. duo for Aaron <laughs> no. Rodgers? Absolutely. You don't even have to finish the question. No. And just and just because they don't take one in the first round doesn't mean right. that they don't get a good – I mean, this is a deep receiver draft. I mean, there's plenty of guys that they could get in the second round. And, and if you look at their history, I mean, uh, they've had some unbelievable second and third round picks, you know. Uh, Adams himself was a second-round pick. Randall Cobb was a second-round pick. Jordy Nelson, second-round pick. Greg Jennings, second round. James Jones, third round. Donald Driver, seventh round. So, uh, you know, even Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who, you know, uh, just left here in, in free agency and signed with the Chiefs for $10 bucks a year, he was a fifth-round pick. So they have found receivers. You know, I, I think the narrative that they haven't, you know, given Rodgers enough weapons I think is a little skewed. Uh, because that list of receivers that that I rattled off, I mean, that's as good as any teams had over the last, you know, as far as a group, you know, over the last what, you know, 15, fourteen, fifteen years. Right, no doubt about it. And, and that's the thing; it's like we always focus in on the first round, but there's many rounds to the draft, and there's a lot of talent that you can get uh, outside of the first round, as the league is full of second, third, fourth, and fifth round picks. And Rob, final question for you before we let you go. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, he used to be there in Green Bay. He's now the Denver head coach. He's got Russell Wilson. That's a nice little uh, coup to be in the first-time head coach there in Denver. But uh, what does he bring to the table as far as a, a head coach? I know he wasn't the HC there in, in Green yeah. Bay, but he was the offensive coordinator. But he didn't call the plays. Matt LaFleur does that. Right. So what, what, is, what, what should we know about Nathaniel Hackett? Energy, man. High-energy guy. Uh, absolutely loves his job and goes to – I've never seen anybody – you know, so happy. It's like he's never had a bad day. Uh, so, you know, like uh, that's the thing that, that stuck out to me about him. And, 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 you know, players really gravitated to that. But, but, you know, but yet it's not like disingenuous, you know, mm-hmm. like where, you know, like 
I guess like he doesn't have a college coach mentality. You know, he's definitely he treats these guys like like grown men and professionals. Yet he still knows how to have fun. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if that means you're going to be a winning head coach or not. Um, but I think when when guys come to work every day and, and feel excited and comfortable, I, I think it gives you a chance. And you know, I, I think that's what that's what he brings to the table. And of course. You know, look, I mean, he's, he's been around football a long time. His dad was, was obviously highly successful in this business, one of the, really one of the inventors of the West Coast offense. And um, this guy's been around football his entire life. And, you know, I, I just think that, you know, he, he's learned under a bunch of different guys. Uh, he did not call plays here, as you said, um, but he was highly uh, involved in the, heavily involved in the game plan. Uh, heavily involved in, in observations during the game, which was he relayed down to Matt LaFleur, and they could make adjustments from that standpoint. So, uh, look, I, you know, we never know if any of these guys are going to be successful, but right. um, I would say this, he's got as good a chance as anybody. There you go. Well, we wanted to get that uh, little intel right there on Nathaniel Hackett, the new head coach as well of the Denver Broncos. Rob, thank you so much for your time. What uh, what you got coming out? I know you said you have a TV show, but what should we be on the lookout for? Yeah, that mock draft TV show where all 32 of us make the picks for, for our teams is on ESPN2 tonight at, I believe, 8 Eastern. Okay. Uh, so you can do the time zone math. I'm terrible gotcha. at it. <laughs> uh, and then, I, you know, I, I have a, between now and the draft, I guarantee you I will be writing about receivers. Right. Are you making your way to, uh, to Las Vegas or are you staying in Green Bay? No, I'll be right here at, at Lambeau Field. Uh, you know, it, it's funny that one of the biggest misnomers to you about the draft is that everybody goes to the draft to cover the draft, mm-hmm. when in reality, almost, you know, all of us that cover teams, uh, all their personnel stays at their team facility because that's where all their, their war room is and all their information is. So I have actually never been to the draft site in 25 years of doing this, but I've been at Lambeau Field. So nice. Well, that's not a bad place be. to be. <laughs> it's not a bad place to be at all if you're going to be somewhere at Lambeau. Rob, thank you so much for your time, my man. I appreciate you. All right, guys. Take care. We'll be seeing you. All right. There he goes. Rob Demosky. Yeah, if you're going to be somewhere and you're not going to be at the draft, you think Lambeau Field's not a bad place to be? I mean, that's that's one of those destination spots. Like, hey, you got to go there at some point. Now, I don't want to go there in December, but... I don't mind going in April. Right in the middle of <laughs> spring, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I'm good with with April. Don't need to be bundled up. Yeah, I don't need to go there in the regular season. I don't need to do all that stuff. I'm not that uh, cold-weather cat, you know. Like, I'll be the first one to tell you. But uh, April, I wouldn't mind. And I do believe that the draft is going to be headed to, to Lambeau pretty soon. I think that that's... Nah, don't do that to people. I know we just said there's no. nothing wrong with being there. No, I'm serious. I think it's going to be there so- soon. I think it's on the uh, on the wish list. I'm telling you. Look, man, the draft is one of my favorite events, so you know I be knowing about where these drafts are going to be. It's 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 on its way to Green Bay pretty soon. I don't know when, but we'll be there. We'll be there. I'll even bring you. Make sure that you go. You know, every city doesn't need the draft. Lambo's a ma- that's a massive mecca of NFL history, right? Where there. everybody gonna stay at? Who cares? Who's worried about that? I ain't worried about it. as long as you find a place to stay and I find a place to stay. It's like that old saying, Demond. You know, I don't mind. The rest don't matter. <laughs> the rest don't matter. 702-365-9200. Also, the Sam and Ash takes on 69187. Keyword R&R. With the draft only a couple short days away, what is on your Raiders draft day wish list? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 
Got a text on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Yo, Q, this is Trevor in Seattle. I'm trying to hit the beat. I'm trying to hit the beat like I'm rapping. <laughs> I love this song too much. I tried to. You see how I tried to slow it on down? I tried to catch it, man. I ain't no rapper. I'm the hype guy. But you I sure music radio no more, man. <laughs> I sure tried, though. I sure tried. All right, here we go. Let me get to the text real quick. <laughs> Yo, Q, this is Trevor in Seattle. I think getting a high upside safety would be a, would be good for business. We brought in Harmon as a one-year hole filler and a mentor. Abram doesn't seem to fit that too high safety scheme. Draft a guy that can soak up knowledge from Harmon and then step in when he retires. Okay, so a big-time safety. Big-time safety. Now, we all know that you know Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame is, is the first safety that's going to be off the board, but... Is there going to be a big-time safety around in round three? Is there going to be a big-time safety around in round four? Or do you go out and get a veteran safety that's already out there and available and hope you can stall out a little while and he doesn't make a decision, you go and get him uh, in the case of the Honey Badger? And I know that Harmon's there, and I know that I was really a bigger fan of Stephon Gilmore than the Honey Badger, but if that's, a, if that's the direction that you think you need to go, maybe that's the better idea is to go get or attempt to go get the honey badger instead of trying to hope that you can land a big time safety in round three, four, five, or seven. I have the um, PFF mock draft pulled up now. Okay. Just to see who could be available. Yeah. And maybe Brian Cook out of Cincinnati at safety. You know, he's a good player. He's a good player. But I, yeah, like you said, I don't know if there are those big time safeties that are going to be there in the third round. Right. Vegas Pete hit us up. I grew up in Packer country as a Raider fan because of the snake. And you'll be underwhelmed by Lambeau Field as the area it surrounds. Sure, the history is there, but they still sit on benches in the stands. Allegiant so awesome looking with all the latest amenities. That's when you go to average stadiums, you're disappointed. Raiders need to address O-line in the draft. Thank you, Vegas Pete, for that. And I, I get it. I get it. Uh, I, I just think that for an NFL enthusiast like myself, it's one of those places that you go and you're like, oh, I can appreciate this. You know what I mean? Like, that's not – it's not – going to top Allegiant Stadium. Allegiant Stadium is one of the best stadiums, if not the best stadium in the league. And some will argue so far, I like Allegiant better. I may be a little jaded because I spent eight, nine weeks in Allegiant Stadium as opposed to being at SoFi. And I got lost at SoFi. And parking sucks at SoFi. (laughs) I mean, just to say a few things about SoFi, not a big fan. And I got my stuff jacked in LA, so I'm not a big fan of LA, period. First day of being there on Radio Row, it's like, oh, Oh, who's that guy right there with the Raider symbol that just put a bag underneath the, underneath the table? He got money. He must have some bread in there. Now, if I had some bread in there, you think I'd have put my backpack underneath the damn table? He, he must be Mark Davis' right-hand man. You yeah, know what I mean? What do you thought? It was Marcel Reese or something? Oh, there goes Marcel. No, that's Q. You know what always happens, man? He must be a former player. <laughs> I do get that all the time. Always get Where'd that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why, but that was the one time that it did not work out in my favor, right? Jared left his backpack on the table, and they didn't touch that thing. Make a look at him, schmuck. <laughs> well, you know, security thought he was the black guy with the tan jacket. The perp, he looked at that tan jacket. He was like, "Yeah, I can tell he ain't got no money." Right. That ain't no. That ain't no Hall of Fame jacket. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Jared. Love you, man. Shout out to Jared. That's our guy, man. He's a hell of a good dude, but it wasn't no Hall of Fame jacket. Let's hear from our guy, Raider Rod, right here in the 702. Raider Rod, welcome to the show. What's going on, Q? Chilling, man. Thanks chilling. for having me. Yes, sir. Man, you got the name, man. It, it, it be hurting me over here. Poor Jared, man. Shout out to Jared. He does a good, good job. Yeah, he does. 
Oh, man, I think we're losing you. Oh, man. I don't know what compliment you gave, Jared, but we literally didn't hear it. Raider, because, you know, he changed his name. He used to be Jared in the 702. Oh, that's now right. Now he's Raider Rod oh, in the 702. Oh, that's right. That's so, right. Anytime there's any Jared slander, you know, he's yeah. got to defend the— But that's, uh, not, that, that's not you. That's him. That's other Jared. That's our Jared. I don't know. If you heard somebody's like, yo, man, this Q dude, the punk, you'd be like, what Q? Not you, man, but, you know, that— <laughs> Man, that's one letter. And you know what? There's a lot more Qs now than, than there was back in the day. I remember when I used to be, you know, one of a kind. Now it's like, oh, cue this, cue that, cue this. Oh, there's a cue here. All right, cool. I know a little bit of that's my fault because I produced a couple. But <laughs> Are you trying to – oh, okay. Are you talking about your sons? Thought yeah. you were about to be the Jalen Rose of nobody had that name before me. No, 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 no. Everyone – the one thing I've learned about being a, a, a Q is that anytime someone's name starts with a Q, they will always – it's inevitable that they will be called Q. It's just simple as that. There is no doubt about it, no matter what your name is. Everyone always says, oh, your name Quincy? No. It's like the only Q name out there. Is it Quincy? No. Why has it got to be Quincy? Do I look like a damn Quincy? Could be. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But that's what it always is. No matter, no matter what your name is, as long as it starts with a Q, it is guaranteed that you will be called Q. 256 is the time. Coming up next, we'll kick off hour number two of the show. John McClain, formerly of the Houston Chronicle. He'll join the show to talk all things NFL. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.